Good morning. Welcome to the Lord's house. Will you stand? Let's begin with uh, scripture, Psalm 40. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord and he turned to me and he heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire, and he set my feet on a rock and he gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. My feet are on the rock. I can see the clouds rolling I can feel the winds they try to shake me I will not be moved My feet are on the rock Cavanaugh Church. How's everyone doing today? Good. I saw some of you look that way. Tricked you. Y'all doing okay? Just keeping on your toes. Man, what a beautiful weekend we had, right? 
Man, it was, and I, we're so glad that, to have you back on this beautiful Sunday. We're so thankful that we have this opportunity to be able to come into the Lord's house together, to be able to gather around the Word and be able to have fellowship with one another. So we're so thankful that you're here. Good to see you here. We've been praying for you all week, and we know that God has something really, really awesome in store for us today. And it's something in store for you after service, because your kids right now are getting jacked up on all kinds of candy back in Brother Johnny's area. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but hey, it's your kids, not mine. All right. But it's great to see you guys today. Uh, if you're a first-time guest, we always love to welcome you guys. Um, we want to be able to turn your attention to the, the connection card in the chair back in front of you. If you could, right after service, take that, fill that out, and then out these back doors, there's a connect counter. If you could fill that out and put it there, um, we have somebody there that will be able to meet you, answer any questions about our church where you and your family can get connected, that kind of thing, in our classes and schedule throughout the week. So it's great to see you guys. Um, I'm going to invite you all to stand, though, right now. We're going to ask God's anointing our services today. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you so much for bringing us back together into this place, God. I know that um, you're, you're ready for us. And, Lord, I pray that we're ready for you, that our hearts and our ears are attentive to what you have to say today. Lord, I want us to be able to um, anticipate growing and going deeper um, in our faith with you. And I pray that as Brother Jason brings the message today, God, that we do just that. Lord, help us to be the people that you want us to be. Help us to be a light in this world that desperately needs to see a glimmer of hope in your son, Jesus. We love you so much. And equip us and strengthen us to be that people. In your name, amen. Uh, greet those around you, and we'll get started in a couple moments.
transforming spirit of God that gives us the power that we just sang about. This next song is Spirit of the Living God. And I'm going to read verse 2, the lyrics of this song. Spirit of the Living God. Spirit of the Living God. We're leaning in to all you are. Everything else can wait. Spirit of the Living God. Spirit of the Living God. Come now and breathe upon our hearts. Come now, have your way. I think the writer's feelings are palpable. And he's waiting there, leaning in. Nothing else matters. And he's asking, Holy Spirit, will you breathe on me? And he's asking, will you just have your way in my life? It's a place of surrender. It's a place of desperately asking God to move. Have you been there? It's a recognition that on our own, we can't necessarily fix the things that are broken. It's a place in our lives that only the Holy Spirit can move. Only the Spirit can change. That's our prayer this morning. And as Dawn leads us in this song, of course we want you to participate, but more than that, Maybe you want to ask the Spirit. Maybe you want to lean in and just wait. Say, Lord, there's some things in my life that need a change. Will you have the freedom to move today?
Spirit of the living God, I am so thankful for you today, and I'm so thankful for the way that you're moving upon our hearts and upon our minds today through this service. And I pray, God, that if there's somebody here that is struggling to lean and they're leaning on their own understanding, that they would come to you, God, because, man, it's so much easier just to turn it over, just to let you have it, just to let it go, to put that trust and that faith into you that you are working all things to the good for those of your people that love you. And when they call upon your name, God, you come down from heaven and you speak to us and you change everything. And we seek things differently because of you. We see things differently because of you. And I pray, God, today that if there's somebody that needs a change, that they need to see things differently and they want to see things differently, God, this is a place, this is a time, don't waste it. I pray for the speaker this morning, God, that the message they bring would further continue to speak to our hearts and our minds and we would draw upon that and we would soak that in and we would be able to take that and use that, God, as we move out into this world, God, that needs to see and they need to seek you. And they need to do that through us. And if, God, there's anybody here that doesn't know you as their Lord, their personal Savior, I pray, God, that today is the day. Today is the day that they would come to you before it's everlasting too late. And it's in your precious name, Jesus, I pray these things. Amen.
Miss Gail, that's a good song, isn't it? Where's Miss Gail at? There you are. Woo! Grave robber. Today we're talking about the grave robber. Did you know that sometimes we get robbed? Have y'all ever been robbed? I mean, seriously, have you ever been robbed? So yesterday, let me tell you about a near robbery that happened to us. We, were, we, took, the, we took the squad. We call the, our, our family and all the girls that are now part of our family. Just call the nickel squad. We went in honor of Jude's 13th birthday. He turned 13 last year. And I know y'all are like, you could, there's no way you could have a 13-year-old. You look so young, Brother Jason. <laughs> yeah, right. 13, that's our baby. 13. We went to Roaring River, of course. What do you do for a nickel's birthday? I mean, it makes sense, right? Trout fishing at the greatest place in the world. And we're there, me and Jude. Now, we got up earlier than the rest of the squad. We, we got there, Randy, for the whistle. You got to be there. If you're going to trout fish, you got to be there when they blow the whistle, when the fishing starts, okay? And it was, it was, it opens every year March 1st. Well, we didn't make opening day, but we made the second closest day, March 2nd. But on a Saturday, it was packed. And Jude's like, man, we might as well leave. Dad, there's no place to fish. We're never doing this again. And it's like cold. It's below freezing. So anyway, we get there. Me and Jude start fishing. Well, this guy beside us, he kind of had the good spot. So we just kind of nudge in beside him, you know, a little closer. When he would catch a fish and be, you know, taking it off, off of his line, we'd throw over there, catch one. You know, that's what you do. You know, there's no, hey, there's no shame in it. Don't, don't judge me. Well, this guy, I got to talking to him, and I found out he's a famous TikToker. Yeah, TikToker. In, in the hunting and fishing world, Greg, he's famous. Famous TikToker. His name's Kyle. I'm sure you heard of him, Kyle. So, you know, at first I thought he was Willie Robertson because he kind of had this big bushy beard. And, and so he told me he worked at the local fly shop, and he, he ties flies. So he's like an expert fly fisherman. I, I want to glean from this. I want to learn from this guy, Right? I'm gonna learn. I'm gonna learn about this fly time. So he's like, "Oh man, if I just had my sunglasses, I forgot them. I'm, I'm dead in the water without my sunglasses. I can't fly fish." I'm like, "I got you. I got sunglasses on my truck." And I knew he was okay because when he took his cap off, it was cold that morning. When he took his cap off, he had an American flag bandana on. I'm like, he, "He's trustworthy. He is trustworthy." So I give him my sunglasses. I'm like, you should wear these, man. Fish them as long as you want. My tackle box is over there. When you're done, if I'm gone, just leave them at the tackle box. I'll get them later. Well, you know, so he was showing me the fly fishing stuff and showing me some tricks. Well, Jude and I, we could like, we move on. We got to go find a new fishing spot. I grab the tackle box. Don't think about it. And we're way down river. And then I see him. I see him, my old buddy Kyle. And he's leaving. I'm like, oh, man, he's leaving. He's got my glasses on. Oh. He's trustworthy. He's, he's a TikToker. He, he's good. He's Get American flag bandana. I can trust this guy. So later that day, Joy and everybody made it, and we're fishing. I said, hey, I got to go find Kyle. And he's got my glasses. She's like, what glasses? The, those cheap glasses you got at Lowe's for 50 cents a piece? I said, no, the ones you got me. You know, the good ones that you got me for my birthday. She me the $40 glasses? And Mason's like, 40? They're 60. I was like, he's good, guys. He's good for it. He works at Tim's Fly Shop. He wears a bandana. He's a TikToker. It's fine. He's, he, he's good. I'll go get my glasses from him. I'll go to the, I'll go to the store. So anyway, we, I go back down to the river. I'm picking up fish, and there he is. There's old Kyle. And by this time, he got his glasses, and he had mine in his pocket, handed them to me. I knew, I knew he was good to go. See, crisis averted. Joy's like, you'll never, he, they're gone. He stole your glasses. No, he was good. He was solid. 
So y'all, y'all probably had something stolen. I'll tell you one more story about a robbery, and then we'll move on. But this one, this one's a little more serious. Okay, this is a little more serious. This involves Star Wars. This involves my retirement plan. Okay, well, I think we got a picture of that. Y'all know what that is? Anybody ever seen one of those? Listen, listen. I'm, I'm a, I grew up in the 70s. This is the Star Wars action figure collector case. Okay, I'm sure it's worth a million dollars. Well, at least until I found this picture on eBay, and then it said like $599. And mine's not near that good condition, so probably going to have to scratch that retirement plan. But anyway, you know, my parents, they hung on to this. That's what, you know, parents and grandparents, we hoard things of our kids. Some of us do. I, I do. So my parents, they cleaned all these toys out of the attic when Joy and I started having kids. They're like, here's all your toys. I'm like, I don't want them. I'm grown. I don't play with toys anymore. Oh, wait. Storage action figure collector case. I'll take that. So, boom, I, I saved it. Kids, have, all the boys, you've all played. You guys loved it growing up, loved it. Well, everybody's outgrown it. Jude's 13 now. He's too cool for that. So we, we put it up in his closet, put it up for storage for, you know, future grandkids, right? I mean, we're hanging on to it. We got to pass the legacy on, Stacy. We got to pass the legacy on. So the other day, I was like, I better just make sure it's okay. I and mean, this is valuable. It's valuable. I look up in the closet. It, guys, it's gone. It's gone. Now, I don't panic at first because this is Jude's room we're talking about. Now, Jude's room, to me, it's like Bass Pro Shop. I mean, you got it all. You got, you got deer heads. You got fish. You got animal skins. You got trapping supplies, weapons. I mean, it's just super cool. Well, you know, Joy says it's like Bass Pro that a tornado went through. And Okay, you know, I'll give her that. Well, I'm thinking it's probably just buried in here somewhere. You know, Jude got it out. He's still secretly thinking, you know, I'm, this is a couple of years ago, so Jude wasn't a teenager then, but he's probably, I thought he just got it out to check him out. You know, guys, it's gone. I mean, I'm frantic at this. I go up in the attic, my retirement plan. I mean, I'm in the attic, dude. I, I look nowhere to be found. And I knew I would never put that in the attic anyway. Who would be that silly? They could get damaged up there. Attics get hot. They could melt. So I just resigned myself to the fact that it's gone. Somebody else knew it was valuable too. The Star Wars action figure case is gone. I'll just have to resign myself to that fact. Man, tragic, right? Y'all are, I can tell, y'all are hurt. You're feeling my pain, aren't you? Well, we're going to look. Did you know there were robberies in the Bible? We're going to go to Scripture now because y- y'all aren't having any empathy about me losing my... There were robberies in the Bible. We're going to look at three robberies in one single passage of Mark chapter 5. Go ahead and turn there if you want to in your Bible or look that up on your phone or just simply look on the screen behind me because we've got the words up there as well. We're going to talk about the first, the first thing we're going to investigate today when it comes to three robberies in scripture is the robbery of a child this is tragic this is really this seriously this is this is difficult this is horrific the robbery of a child's life mark 5 35 while he meaning jesus was still speaking to her messengers arrived from the home of jairus the leader of the synagogue they told him your daughter is dead there's no use troubling the teacher now let's pray God, we love you. It's good to be in your house. Lord, there's no one like you. We thank you for Jesus. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. 
that guides and directs and convicts us and empowers us, Lord, to live for you. Lord, today, may we put our hope on you. May we put our eyes on you, our hearts on you. Help us to tune our ears into you, Lord, to listen to you, uh, Lord, and most importantly, to respond to you, to, to obey you, to trust you. Lord, would you speak through me on the outside, Lord, and speak to hearts on the inside with your Holy Spirit. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have any of you guys ever felt like you're in a deep pit, like you're in a hole, you're staring into a hole, or you're in that hole, and you just can't get out? There's no escape. Okay, I'll throw a little more Star Wars at you. Okay, I got a picture. Just see how good y'all are that are Star Wars fans. Anybody recognize this? This is a scene. This is a snapshot of a, a Star Wars movie. Anybody know who that is staring into that hole? Raise your hand. Who said Ray back there? I heard it first right there. Okay, you're going to get the prize. See, Brother Johnny, after he's got all the candy, he will hook you up. He'll take care of you. Uh, yeah, this is, this is Ray. She's a Jedi. This is from uh, Star Wars. Which episode, Devin? Hey, Devin hooked me up. He helped me kind of understand. I like Star Wars, but I don't understand all the deep meaning. And like, why is Ray going into this cave? It's like this deep pit. She goes in there. And there's all these mirrors, and all she can see is her image reflected. As far as she can look this way, as far as she can look behind her, there's no end or beginning. She just sees her own reflection. But Devin explained, he said, well, she had to go in this cave to like for Jedi training, to face her greatest fears, to make sure she was going to stay on the, the side of good and not turn to the dark side. Okay, Kevin Rogers, you correct me after church. If I'm wrong on this, you may have some more insights for me. But bottom line is this, Ray feels like there's no way out. She's stuck in this hole. And I can only imagine that that's how Jairus was feeling at this very moment, that he was in a hole, in a pit that he could not get out of. So let me give you just a quick background on the verse I read. Jairus, he was a leader of the local synagogue. He was a man of high standing. He was wealthy. He was respected. He had influence. And there's no way that he should be going to the lunatic named Jesus. He could lose everything by interacting with Jesus in the way that he did in the story. But guess what? Jairus had a daughter that was sick, and he had tried everything and went to everybody that he possibly thought could help his little girl, and nothing helped. And she wasn't getting better, and she was about to die. So he was desperate, and he knew, he had heard, and he believed, somehow he believed that Jesus was the only one that could help his little girl. So he throws himself at Jesus' feet, and he says, would you heal my daughter? She's sick to the point of death. And Jesus is like, okay, let's go. I'll go to your house. Jesus saw his faith. Doesn't mean Jairus knew everything perfectly about Jesus. Maybe he understood perfectly who he was, that he was the Messiah, but he was beginning to have transforming faith in his life, and he believed that Jesus could help him. He was desperate. So along the way, this is interesting, the crowds gathered up because like, oh, we want to see a miracle. What's Jesus going to do? Because that, that's human nature, and that's what the, the crowds would do. So along the way, the crowds are pressing into Jesus. But, uh, and you know this story, but a woman who had suffered for 12 years with an issue of a flow of blood, she had spent all of her money trying to get better. She'd seen all the doctors and only suffered torture, only uh, found herself broke and desperate and at the end of her rope. And because of her condition, publicly, she was considered unclean. She couldn't even be in public. But yet, she had to get to Jesus. She was desperate for Jesus. So she snuck through the crowd, through the back, and she knew if she could just grab a hold of Jesus' robe, she could be healed just by touching his garment. And that's what she did. Jesus felt healing power go out. You know the story. He stopped the whole, the whole crowd. And he's like, somebody just touched me. And the disciples are like, Lord, seriously, there's, 
Hundreds of people here touching you. And he's like, I know that healing power just went out from me. And he looked around, and there's this woman. All right? He said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. She was healed. So, you know, Jairus, here's Jairus. He's like, come on, Jesus. Come on. I need you. My daughter's sick. She's dying. Jesus, we don't have time for this. And about that moment, here comes someone into the crowd, and they whisper in Jairus' ear, it's too late. It's too late. Let's, let's read this next verse in 36. It's on the screen. Jesus overheard them, and he said to Jairus, don't be afraid. Just have faith. Just have faith. So here's the deal. Jairus, he gets word. He gets word that his little girl is gone. It's too late. And so the religious leaders that are talking to him, they're like, hey, listen. There's nothing Jesus can do now. Leave him alone. Just leave the teacher alone. He's got more people to help. Humanly speaking, and viewing this through the eyes of people, there's nothing more that could be done. It was too late for this little girl. Not even Jesus could help her. That's what man thought. That was their perspective. And you know, as a human, Jairus, he's probably feeling these thoughts like, man, why couldn't I have found Jesus sooner? Man, why did this woman have to stop him? You know, she's been sick for 12 years. Couldn't she just wait a little bit longer? Why did Jesus have to stop and, and help her? Why couldn't, why couldn't he have just got here before it was too late? And, and this is what everybody's thinking. They've resigned to the fact that there's nothing more that can be done. But guess what? They didn't know who Jesus was. They didn't know that Jesus isn't limited by human terms. Now, sometimes, guys, our world crashes down and we think hope is lost. We think hope is lost. Things hit that are, that are unbearable. But listen... We live in this earth. We live on this earth, and it's so easy to view everything from an earthly perspective. We see it from earthly eyes. But guys, we have to tune in and put on our spiritual glasses because there's a spiritual realm that deals with so much more than the immediate circumstances around us because we can be overwhelmed by the immediate. And, and I'm not saying that the immediate doesn't matter because it does. But listen... This is where Jesus steps in. And this is where Jesus does amazing things in our lives and helps and works as only he can. But have you ever thought there's nothing Jesus can do now? There's nothing Jesus can do. Well, listen to me. I want, I want you to get this. There's nothing Jesus can't do. There's nothing he can't do. And so here's Jairus. He's in a panic mode. Man, have you all ever panicked? Whoo, sometimes I panic. Let me tell you, sometimes I panic. So you all know it's baseball season, right? Joy's shaking her head. Oh, yeah, he panics sometimes. Y'all, who knew it was baseball season? Who's excited about it? Raise your, please, tell me there's baseball fans in this house. I see your hand back there, Chad. Yeah, it's baseball season. So Pointer Baseball is upon us. And every year we kick off our high school baseball season with a family picnic in February because that's a great time to have picnics, you know, when it's like, you know, 20 degrees with a, a negative 10 wind chill. So typically this is how our picnics go. Coach gets up. Gives about a 45-second speech. Everybody runs through the grill line, grabs a hot dog, and heads to their truck. Picnic's over. Boom. We're done. Because it's freezing cold. Well, y'all know last week was like crazy warm, right? Like, who, who got outside Monday and enjoyed the weather? Wow. Thank you, Jesus, for like, what was it, 85 degrees? Unbelievable. So, so Joy, she's president of the Booster Club, so she bought all these hot dogs. Miss Angel, like almost 100 hot dogs in our refrigerator in the garage, okay? We had them stashed, ready for the picnic. 
Well, Isaac and Macy, they're going to go fishing. So they're like, hey, we need some fishing bait. So Isaac looks in the garage and jackpot hot dogs. Because y'all that catch catfish, you know. Did you, who knew catfish, uh, catfish like hot dogs? They love them. Yeah. So Isaac and Macy, man, they, they get some of that fish bait. Off they go fishing. So the next day, Isaac carries this, this open package of hot dogs, little juice in the bottom. You can tell they've been roasting out in the sun all day. He's like, hey, Paul, what should I do with these? I was like, well, what is it? He's like, oh, I used these for fishing the other day. I was like, oh, well, they were for the baseball picnic, but that's okay. I said, but don't put them back in the fridge. We don't want them now. Just give them to the dog. But Isaac, you've earned it. You, you put in four years of blood, sweat, and tears on that pointer baseball field. You're good for a few hot dogs. We're like, we got you covered, buddy. Don't you worry. I said, besides, we never have very many at the picnic, and we got plenty of dogs left. Plenty of them. We still got 88 left. It's good. We won't need any more. So fast forward to the picnic. Fast forward. We're out there. We're, we're cooking the hot dogs. Well, I wasn't cooking, but I was watching. You know, I was talking because that's what I do. And I'm telling the guys, great job, man. Keep grilling them up. And I look around, there's just a handful of people there. I'm like, okay, you know, it's going to be our typical family picnic for the baseball team. Well, I turn back to the hot dogs, and we're telling stories and just having a great time, chilling out. All of a sudden, I kind of notice like this murmuring behind me, and it's growing and getting louder. And I, I look back around, and all of a sudden, the stands are full of people. And I like, looked at the people, and I looked at the grill, and I looked at the people, and I looked at the grill, and I looked at the guys, and I said, how many hot dogs do we have here? And they start counting, like 88. And I start counting heads. I said, I'm going to count. I'm going to get. I got to 90. I wasn't even close to being done. I'm like, panic, panic. So I run back and I said, We don't have enough hot dogs. And the, the assistant baseball coach, he's like, Are you serious? I said, Yeah, I'm going to the gas station. He's like, Good luck. And so I get there, no hot dogs. I got Jude with me. Jude's like, It's over, man. Don't even try, Dad. Y'all blew it, man. You didn't get enough hot dogs. I'm starving, by the way. Now I'm not going to get to eat. So I'm like, no, CVS will have them. So we go to CVS. No hot dogs. What are we going to do? I'm in pure panic mode. But then there it is, like a beacon. Walmart. <laughs> oh, we're going to make it. We fly into Walmart. I mean, Jude's got, he's got hot dog buns in this hand. And he's got hot dogs in this hand, and we're flying. I mean, we look like we're robbing the store, man. We check out. We did pay for it. We get there, and guess what? Everybody's still there. The picnic's still going. The party's still on. We, the, the guys throw more dogs on. Everybody's just stayed around. They hung around. Had, you know, everybody got to eat. It was amazing. Crisis diverted. Okay? But it lasted like three hours. I'm like, man, we should have just not went back for hot dogs. Could have got out here a lot sooner. Oh, love baseball season. So good. I'm, Matthew, I'm actually wearing baseball socks today preaching. I don't know if they're yours, but they were in my sock drawer, and they had Easton on them. And I was like, man, I'm going to tell a baseball story. I'm going to wear these baseball socks today. So if they're your game socks, I'm sorry, bro. I'll give them back to you after church, okay? I got you, man. Well, the crisis was diverted, but here's Jairus. Jairus is in real panic because he's just learned the un unthinkable, the unbearable. But what does Jesus say? He said, Jairus, don't be afraid. Trust me. Trust me. Listen, this man had every right to be upset. Jesus knew his emotions, and as his creator, 
he comforted him as only he could. Because when you're in that kind of situation, the only one that can help is Jesus. And Jesus wasn't getting on to him. These were legitimate emotions. And Jesus had compassion for him. And he pointed him from faith to fear. Jesus redirected his fears. He said, trust me. Now, the action form of trust in the Greek language is the word believe. Okay? Trust is a noun. But the action of that, believe. We have to put our faith in action. We have to believe Jesus. We have to trust Jesus. We have to rely on Jesus and to realize he's the only one that can help us, guys. He's the only one that can see us through. He's the only one that can give us hope. So he points this man from fear to faith, and he said, just trust me. What this man didn't know, what Jairus didn't know, is that the unstoppable God was there for him at that very moment. And he was giving him an anchor to hold on to through this storm. Listen, as we live life, storms are going to hit. And for some of you, they're, they're worse than for others. But guess what? At one time or another, we're going to feel like we got robbed. Jairus got robbed of, of the life of this little girl. And maybe you felt like something has robbed you. But listen, when I'm on a, what I want you to get today is that nobody gets you like Jesus. Nobody, even when you're feeling at your lowest, Jesus is there for you. And he's calling out for you to have faith to believe him. So when your world gets shook, what do we do? We put our eyes on Jesus. We put our eyes on him and let Jesus transform your thoughts of fear to faith. Well, that's the first robbery that we looked at in the passage. We're going to look at the second robbery, and that's the robbery of a blessing. You don't want to be robbed of a blessing, but in this passage, there are some people that got robbed of a blessing. Let's see what happened. Mark 5, 37 through 40. Then Jesus stopped the crowd and wouldn't let anyone go with him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw how much commotion and weeping, and, or he saw much commotion and weeping and wailing. He went inside and he asked, why all this commotion and weeping? The child isn't dead, she's only asleep. And the crowd laughed at him, but he made them all leave. Now, I love The Chosen. I'm going to show you a little video clip that illustrates this really well. All of you, stop it. I said stop. What are you doing? There's a girl. She's dead. Go away, for she isn't dead, but sleeping. <laughs> what is all this laughing? He said, she's only asleep. What a cruel thing to say. Do you know who you're talking to? If you were a member of the family, I would invite you in to see just how dead she is. What are you, a necromancer? Shame on you for saying such a ridiculous thing. Everyone out. You heard him. Boys, take everyone outside. Right. We were paid to play. Ah. You listen to me right now. Come, let's give them a moment. Oh, yeah, I love that scene. I like, you know, he sends everybody out, and old Simon Peter, he was just waiting for his chance to pounce. He grabbed that, get out of here. I love Simon Peter. He was always ready for a fight. 
That was good, man. So good. Love the chosen. Well, you know, it's interesting here that Jesus, he stops the crowd. So he told Jairus, look, just trust me. And he sent the entire crowd away. And then he takes only with him Peter, James, and John. This is the first time, the first time that we see reference to the inner three of Jesus' closest disciples. So maybe they had the most faith. I don't know why. We're not sure why. But they get to go into the house and, and with Jairus. Everyone else is sent out. Now, it's crazy, though. As they get up to the house, Jesus hears all this commotion and weeping and wailing, noise, chaos. And Jesus is like, what is going on? Why is it so noisy here? And you may think, well, Jesus is being rude. He's not being considerate. No. In Bible days, did you realize that they would hire professional mourners in a time of loss? So a lot of times these mourners, they wouldn't even know the person. They didn't even... You know, they weren't really genuine. They were just being fake. They were being phony. They were acting. They were getting paid to raise a ruckus and and mourn and wail. And that's exactly what these people were doing. They were making all this commotion. So what does Jesus do? He sends them out. He gets the riffraff out of the house. It's like, y'all are being fake. Y'all aren't being real. Get out of here. Okay? Then he sends Peter in. Throw them out. Well, that's not in the Bible, but they added that in the, the show, but I think it's pretty good. And not out of the question either. So here's the thing. Jesus, he recognized these people, they, they, they didn't care. They didn't really care. They were, they were putting on a show. They were being fake. And you know what? Because of that, they were going to miss a blessing. They weren't going to get to see the miracle that was about to happen. They were going to miss out because they weren't being real. They weren't being genuine. Guys, we're called to be real. So Jesus, I think, you know, he's annoyed with these people. And he tells them, he said, she's not dead, she's just asleep. Well, that that was ludicrous to the crowd. They were laughing. They were laughing. They made fun of him. But you know what, guys, to God, did you know death is just a nap? It's just that quick, man. It's that quick. He's all-powerful. He raises the dead. So Jesus, he, he shocks the people. They think he's crazy. They're making fun of him. But he doesn't care. He didn't care about the bullies and the haters. He's like, get out of here. Y'all, y'all aren't here for the right reason, so get out of the house. They didn't believe Jesus' promise, so guess what? They weren't going to get to see the miracle. The professional mourners were out of a job on that day. But Jesus wasn't playing around, guys. He means business. And he only wanted people who had faith to be in that room to experience what was about to happen. So application for us, listen. Guys, Jesus knows if we're being real or fake when it comes to our walk with him. He knows. If you're being a phony, he's going to see through it. You'll never fool Jesus if you're not being genuine about living for him. So what does that mean for us? We need to be real. We don't need to play around when it comes to being a believer in Jesus. So here's the question. Are you following Jesus? Are you going through the motions? It's time to get real. If we don't believe Jesus' promises, then guess what, guys? We're not going to experience his miracles. That's what happened to the crowd. They didn't get to see the miracle. So for us, if you've allowed some junk in your life, guess what? It's time to clean house. It's time to clean up your life. Maybe there's some noise and commotion that are keep, keeping you from encountering Jesus. Maybe your home is noisy. You need to get rid of the noise. Now, I'm not talking about your spouse or your kids, okay? They can be noisy, I understand, but no. I'm talking about your personal life. What have you let in your life that's pushing Jesus out? 
You need to come clean with that. You need to get rid of that. You need to get the riffraff out of your house. If Jesus is going to move freely in your life, then get the junk out of your heart. So what's distracting you right now from following Jesus? Guys, Brother Will preach about this. Life's short. We can't waste time. we got to be real. we got to be serious. And listen, at the end of our lives, do we want to regret that we missed out on blessings because everything was too noisy for us to hear Jesus? No. We don't want to miss out on God's blessings. So don't let the noise and commotion of life rob you of a blessing that God wants to give you. Are you with me? Okay, so we've seen robbery of a child. We've seen robbery of a blessing. We're going to get to the final robbery in this passage. This is the best part. This is the best part. Mark 5, 40 through 43. And he took the girl's father and mother and his three disciples into the room where the girl was lying. Holding her hand, he said to her, Talitha kum, which means, little girl, get up. And the girl, who was 12 years old, immediately stood up and walked around. And they were overwhelmed and totally amazed. And Jesus gave them strict orders not to tell anyone what had happened. And then he told them to give her something to eat. Would you like to see the rest of the chosen scene from this part? Look, right, let's roll it. Where were you? I was finding this mess. She is dead and you were gone. Why would you just leave us? Trust me. Please trust me and trust him. What? For what? Please. Please. I know. I know. So good. Don't you love that, man? You give Jesus a hand. Yeah. Woo. Uh, I love how he looked up to the Father. Thanks, Dad. You did it again. So good. The little girl was gone. They thought she was gone, but guess what? She's back. What was lost was found. Remember I told you about my Star Wars action figure collector case? Gone forever. Listen, I'd moved on. I, 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 was, I, was, you know, I forgot about it. And then one day, out of the blue... I get this text message from Eli and Kyla, and there's a picture, and a couple of pictures. It's on the screen behind me. <laughs> oh, my word. 
my store's action figure collector case with the action figures intact. I'm like, guys, how on earth did you steal it? Was it you guys? Did y'all take it? Where did you find it? You'll never believe it. You'll never believe it. Guess where they found it? Guess where? The attic. The attic. Can you believe, guys, somebody, whoever stole that, I guess they saw the wanted, you know, signs I put out, you know, Facebook alert. I guess they felt bad. They snuck into the attic and they returned it. Can you believe that? Yeah, Joy didn't believe that either. I'm like, look, I know I didn't put it up in the attic. And I looked three times up there everywhere. It wasn't in the attic. But y'all found it in the attic. Yeah, were y'all looking for those specifically or were y'all just, just seeing what cool stuff we had up there? And he was looking. For, he found, they found it. Can y'all believe that? What was lost was found. Jesus is good, isn't he? That's amazing. So y'all, y'all aren't impressed by this. I thought you would be more excited. Listen to me. This little girl... They thought they lost her, but she was found. She was returned. The grave robber was in the house. Jesus is the grave robber. Not only was he in the house, but he was in the room. Everyone was cleared out. At this point, the parents are watching, and they don't know what's going to happen. The disciples don't know what's going to happen. But when Jesus speaks, creation obeys. At the command of the master of the universe, breath entered her lungs, her eyes opened at the sound of his voice. Her heart began to beat. Blood pulsed through her veins. And oxygen went in and out of her lungs. Though sickness was gone, the damage was reversed. She was healed and alive and whole. She was headed to her own funeral. But just like that, she was robbed from her own grave. The coffin builders would make no sale on her this day. Death thought he had one in the bag. But guess what? Jesus threw him a curveball. That's what he does. This 12-year-old girl began to walk around. Imagine shock and awe. The disciples had no words. The parents could only be overjoyed. This is amazing, guys. This is Jesus. This is Jesus. Now listen, to prove that this was no illusion, what did he say? Get her something to eat. Get her some food. I mean, no doubt. She'd been through a lot. She probably is hungry, you know? And I'm thinking, man, you know, Jesus went into my time, and, and, I, and I wake up in heaven to... You're going to feed me a meal in heaven? Because I, I like to eat. You know, Eli, Eli, I like to eat. So that'd be pretty cool. No, I'm sorry. I'm just being silly there. But hey, seriously, though, you remember Jesus after his resurrection? The disciples are fishing and Jesus is on the shore. What's he doing? He's cooking breakfast, man. See? Yeah. So maybe there's something to it. He said, get this girl some food. Now, then he said, don't y'all tell anybody what's happened here. Can you imagine Peter, James, and John like... You know, the other disciples are like, wait, what happened? What did Jesus do in the house, man? What did you see? Mm. Mm. They can't keep anything quiet, you know? But it wasn't yet time for Jesus to ascend on the throne as king. And, and if a miracle like this had got out, everybody would just immediately try to make him king. And he couldn't do that yet because he had to endure God's wrath against sin. Our, our sins. He had to pay the price for our sins and then be a resurrected Savior. He had to go through that first. It wasn't yet time. So he said, don't tell anybody what's happened. Now, application for us, guys, listen. We're going to go through trials. We've talked about that. And you know what? You may not get the miracle like, like Jairus did, at least earthly speaking, viewing through the lens of a human on earth. And you know, it's easy to get bitter maybe when your prayers didn't get answered and somebody else's did. 
somebody else got the healing, but your loved one didn't. Does God not love you as much? Why did that happen? Well, listen, it's normal to feel that way, but we can't live that way. We can't stay there. We must choose to trust that God has a much bigger plan that we don't know about. And sometimes he works through difficulties, and there's a reason for the difficulty because he's going to change lives through that difficulty. And our vision is often limited, but guys, God's vision is limitless. So here's the deal. You may think, well, I didn't, I didn't get my miracle. God doesn't love me. But oh, wait, wait. Are you a child of God? Have you trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Do you believe Jesus died for you? That he was buried in a tomb, that he rose again on the third day, and that if you admit your sins and believe that he did that, and you confess him as your Lord, you'll be forgiven of your sins, you'll get a home in heaven. Guys, if you've done that, you've received the greatest miracle of all time. The grave robber has already showed up in your life, and he pulled you out of a pit. You see, we are spiritually dead. Without Jesus, every single one of us have fallen short of God's mark of holiness and perfection. There's no way we're getting into heaven on our own good deeds. We were in a grave. But when we called upon Jesus, he saved our soul, he forgave our sins, and he made us new. He gave us spiritual rebirth. And because of that, guys, we were pulled out of the pit. The grave robber, he grabbed you up out of the pit, and he set you on solid ground. So you've received the greatest miracle of all. So as you go through this life, yes, we should have faith in every circumstance. But Jesus may not do exactly as you think he's going to do through that circumstance. But remember, he's already redeemed you. You already win. So we make him known. And through the trial, we lift him up. Because in Jesus, guess what, guys? We get to be immortal. We have a soul that never dies. And guess what? We're going to get another miracle. We already got one, a soul that's been made new. And then number two, when Jesus comes back, we get resurrection bodies. We get to live forever in heaven with no more trials, no more decay, no more deterioration of the physical body. That's amazing. That's amazing. We were dead men and dead women walking, but Jesus stepped in. We were filthy in our sin, but he touched us. He wasn't worried about that. And old Satan, guys, he tries to distract us. He tries to have noise and commotion all around us so that we don't hear Jesus, so that we miss the blessings. But you know what Jesus does? He cuts through the noise with his Holy Spirit, and he speaks in a still, small voice. And when we believe that Jesus defeated the grave, we get our own resurrection miracle. You've received the greatest miracle of all. I love the song Devil by Ann Wilson. And she says, my soul went, or my sin went running, and my soul got saved. Jesus rips us out of Satan's grasp. That's good news. If you've been saved, if you've been born again, you've been made new in Jesus, you've trusted him as your Savior, then know, you know what you can say? The grave robber has struck again. He's moved in my life. So wrapping this up, we were all lost in sin. But Jesus stepped in. He found us. He delivers us. So today, I want you to think about this. Your despair is God's opportunity. When you go through a challenge, when you go through a difficulty, this is an opportunity for God to work and move and speak in your life as only he can. So right now, maybe you've got some bondage. Maybe something's buried you. Maybe something is pulling you down, trying to pull you back into the pit. And today, like Jairus, I'm asking you to be like Jairus 
to put your eyes on Jesus and say, Jesus, I'm desperate for you. You're the only one that's going to see me through. You're the only one that can heal me. You're the only one that can give me eternal life. So Jesus, I'm desperate for you. So this morning, I pray that that is every one of our prayer. And if Satan's trying to pull you in the pit, man, you, you rely upon Jesus because he's the one that can set you free. Cling to Jesus. Feast upon his goodness. And believe in him because he's the way to eternal life. He's the ultimate grave robber. I'm going to ask everybody to stand. All heads bowed. No one looking around. Guys, listen, we give, a, we give an invitation. And this is just a time where you can come to the altar. It's not a time to be embarrassed. It's not a time for us to embarrass you. This isn't for our edification. This is for you and God. This is between you and the Holy Spirit. And today, if you've never trusted Jesus as your Lord, guys, you need to be reborn. There's only one way you're getting into heaven, and that's through Jesus. So today, Holy Spirit speaking into your heart. Respond to him. Yield to him. Receive the greatest gift of all. You have nothing to be afraid of. He will free you. He'll pull you out of that grave. But today, maybe there's believers in this room and you've received the gift, but you just feel like, man, old devil's just trying to pull me back in the pit. Man, I got chains. I got bondage. I got addiction. I got resentment. I got hurt. I got wounds. I've got bitterness. I've got anxiety, whatever it is. Listen, today, as a believer, why don't you put your eyes on Jesus like Jairus? Be desperate for him to work in your life and today why don't you just come and say Lord give me strength get me out of this pit I know I have victory in you maybe today you just want to come and thank Jesus for salvation thank him for the miracle of eternal life that you've already received and for the resurrection body that you're going to receive the greatest gift of all guys there's no one like Jesus just come and talk to him today let's pray God we love you Thank you for your amazing victory over death, hell, and the grave. And Lord, thank you for reminding us today that our pain here, yes, it can be, it can be unbearable, but Lord, you will see us through. You are eternal. You're unstoppable. So Lord, when we trust you, you work good out of the bad. And Lord, you, you make us new. And Lord, you strengthen us. So help us today to put our trust in you like never before, to believe in you, Lord, and then to receive your blessings and then to go out in power and to make you known to this world, knowing, Lord, that nothing here can, nothing here can really hurt us because, God, when our soul belongs to you, Lord, we're going to live forever one day. So give us that power. Give us that boldness like never before. Whatever needs need to be taken care of today, I pray that people have freedom to come to the altar, to receive you as Lord, to receive strength and help, and to give you praise. We love you, Lord. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The altars are open. If you want to come and pray, man, this is your time. Just step out. Come and talk to Jesus. He's here for you. He's here for you. He loves you. speak
Let's pray. God, it's so good to be here in your house today. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to our hearts. Thank you for being unstoppable. Help us to keep our eyes on you, to be desperate for you, to believe in you each and every second of our lives on this earth. We love you, Lord. We praise you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys can have a seat. Thank you all for being here, for being amazing. Got a few announcements, and I'm going to let you go. All right, they're going to be quick, but you don't want to miss this. Wednesday night, we're going to have our missions trip service to highlight the trip to Puerto Rico. So come and support this. It's going to be amazing. You'll hear about all the kingdom work that happened there. A whole lot of lives were changed. A lot of kids got saved. It's so cool. Then a week from today, you're really going to be excited about this. Daylight savings time. Woo! Yeah. Hey, we lose an hour of sleep, right? But the good part is we get more light at the end of the day, which I'm all about. I say we keep it. Once we change, let's just keep it. Even if it's just Kavanaugh Church that does it, let's do that, okay? Are y'all with me? Yeah. Probably not up to us, is it? Okay, also, next Sunday, this is, this is pretty awesome. We have a Bible music and art competition. It's, it's, uh, it starts with the local church, then the churches in our association, then it goes to state, then it goes to nationals. Well, our local district association competition is going to be at Kavanaugh Church right here, 4 p.m. next Sunday. Everybody can come, and you'll see kids doing drama, Bible memorization, singing, uh, playing instruments, all for God's glory. Amazing. Come and check it out, and then they'll have a dinner at 5, and then a youth service at 6 p.m. with Luke Sherman. He'll be doing the music and the preaching. He's an awesome young man. He's been at our church, preached here. It'll be phenomenal. So if you're a kid or teen, or you've been a kid or teen at one point, come and be here be, and support. It'll be amazing, okay? I want to remind all of our members, this is for our members only, don't forget your tithes and offerings, and put those in the black boxes on the way out. And to our guests, thank you for being here, and please stop by our Connect counter in the lobby. We've got a gift for you. It's Chick-fil-A. It's kind of torture because you can't use it today, but you can use it tomorrow, okay? And please stop by, get that gift, and more importantly, we just want to meet you and answer any questions you might have about the church, and we want you to know we're super glad you're checking us out. Okay, love you guys. So thankful you all made it here today. You're dismissed. Have a great week.